Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing. All you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's bonus Burt Show. Find out more at thebirdshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. First of all, inside here, let us celebrate. Celebrate with the Burt Show this morning that we have heat in the studio. <laughs> this is the first warm studio to Burt Show that you will hear probably in the last couple of years. Abby, temperature check, please. It is 70.1 degrees. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I literally just took off my hat because I'm like, I'm a little hot. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, I know. I, didn't, I wasn't going to say it. You don't want to say it, right? <laughs> I didn't want to say it. We were literally, when we walked in yesterday, it was 62. This is what heaven feels like. <laughs> this is it. Um, so you're like, why have they been so cold for so many years? I don't know. Uh, engineering has tried to explain it to us, but... Um, yeah, we've been sitting in the studio now. It's 60, 61, 62 degrees. So the last a couple of days, I've been seriously wearing long underwear in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we discovered that last week when we were doing our uh, our bit outside <laughs> that um, it's just much more comfortable in here if you're layered. You might be watching Facebook videos today and none of us are wearing toboggans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Or heavy winter coats. <laughs> this is really quite enjoyable. It is. It's really, really nice. Oh. All right, we got some work to do here, and it's the only time we're going to talk about this this morning, right? Uh, this very segment right here. If you were listening to our bonus content yesterday, we got to be real careful here because we got kids listening to the show later, and we don't want to send the wrong message. Even though what we're doing this morning, there is nothing illegal about it. Uh, it's not even a drug, uh, and you have to be over 21 to get it. But Abby has a theory that... Cannabis, not even cannabis. This isn't cannabis. This is uh, Delta Eight. That gummies are fakes. Yeah, I think it's a scam. I think the world has collectively gaslit me into thinking that y'all are all out here getting high on this cannabis adjacent <laughs> product because every time I have tried, I have not been able to experience the tingles and the giggles that everyone's talking about. Last week, me and my friend went to go see a movie and we're like, oh my God, how fun would it be if we had a little something, something before we went to go see the movie and we popped it in and we noticed like halfway through the movie, we both look at each other we're like, do you feel the same? Because I feel exactly the same. Um, I'm one of these guys that quite honestly thinks it's silly that you should be able to drink alcohol in this country, but you can't smoke weed. But even so, these gummies aren't weed. They are not cannabis. This is not marijuana. I take a little Delta 8 every night, and I don't really know the difference. It's like splitting something in the... People prefer Delta 8 for medicinal purposes because it doesn't get you as high, and Delta 9 has more of the psychoactive benefits. Okay. Uh, Again, both equally legal. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're hemp products. So I brought some in this morning, just a gummy for Abby. She's going to take it now, and then we'll see how she's affected over the course of the show. It's one heck of a bonus segment you missed, though. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I missed a lot. You did miss a lot, He's right? like, why has this never been offered to me? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what Abby did. <laughs> My mom is sitting in a car somewhere going, I spent years throwing this girl into youth group. And, and, and SAT prep courses for her to go to Florida just to get high on air for work. <laughs> and I don't know the difference between a Delta 8 and a Delta 9, really. I know they both equally put me to sleep. So I bought Delta 8 and I built... I buy Delta 9 Indica. Uh, Again, it is not weed, but if I take it like an hour and a half before I go to sleep, then I get a little giggly, and then I'm just out. Now, did you bring in an Indica today? Because I bought in a Sativa for her. I brought in Indica. Okay. And you know if Cassie's doing it? It's 100% legal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just got in the biggest fight with a roommate because she had some of the marijuana in our apartment and didn't tell me. Right. It ended the friendship. Anyway, um, so you have a sativa, which indica will put you more to sleep. Sativa, not as much to sleep. Still the giggles. What's your dosage in your gummy? Um, I've cut it in half for her. So this is probably five to six, maybe seven grams. Milligrams, I mean. Milligrams, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the one I gave you is a 25 milligram, <laughs> but you should not take the whole thing at once because I did that once and I got the weed shakes, which are apparently a thing where your body jerks involuntarily when you have too much weed because it messes with your receptors. Again, this is not weed. But, no, I'm okay. sorry. You're yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, it genuinely isn't. I just called it that, but it is cannabis or hemp derived as well, which is absolutely legal in the state and federally. I sure. thought that was weed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was freaking out and Chad, my husband, had to Google it to see what was going on. It's benign. It's totally fine. All right. So do you want shaky Delta 8, Delta 9? or Stevia. And, Stevia. Yeah. and again, the one I have here, it, it doesn't, and I believe this with all Delta 8 and Delta 9, it's all going to bring you up a little bit and then one puts you to bed faster than the other one mm-hmm. and the sativa uh, for me keeps you up and the indigo will make you a little bit more sleepy. And again, what's the shelf life in her body? Um, <laughs> shelf life. My, yeah. Mine takes 30 to 60, they recommend a fifth of a gummy because it is 25 milligrams. It takes 30 to 60 minutes to kick in and it'll be in your body for two to four hours. Okay. I just, I just trust you more. <laughs> this, this is an area you should actually trust me in. Yeah, I don't know. Mine's saltless. Also, hers is blue raspberry flavor. So. Okay. All right. Do what you're going to do. Okay. Should right. I pop it now or after the break? Uh, right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. Let do us. not. I really wouldn't do the whole thing. I, I, I thought mean, we it's were your, challenging It's her. your roller coaster ride, but. <laughs> this is cannabis ASMR. <laughs> So what do you think? Like a little more than half or half? I, I mean, because she at this point thinks that it doesn't work you, at all. I'm going to open it for I me. I think half would be good. Why, why give to me? Because it, it won't open. <laughs> she was like, can she, I have the other half, please? <laughs> she said she's done five milligrams before and uh, it hasn't had any effect at all. So if you do half, that'll be 12.5. So let's go with it. All right, we might need scissors. Are you serious? <laughs> well, over I mean. Mine was already pre-cut, just to let you know. <laughs> I think that's why I wanted hers. I'm like, prepackaged. I know it's not laced with anything. All right. And again, we are not going to talk about this the rest of the morning. I'm sensitive because I have kids also. So if you hear Abby starting to get a little on the goofy side. Oh, you... I'm not supposed to give these to Jimmy every night before he goes to bed? <laughs> hey, that's between you and Child Protective Services. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't come after me. Um, so if she gets goofy over the course of the show, you guys will know why. And maybe we'll cut a bonus content yeah. sometime during the show if this does kick in and explain it, but we just don't want like the impression with kids to be like, what is that? Oh, I want to get buzzed off of it. So this will be the only time we're talking about it. Okay, here we go. All right, get it in there. That's not, that's <laughs> not, not even like a half. Yes. Is that not? Right. No. It's like a third. <laughs> Do more. <laughs> Come on, everybody's doing it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's half, right? Cassie, this is oh, your Michael. gummy. Is that going to work or not? I think that's going to work. That would make me have a good giggly time, and then I would fall asleep. Okay. Okay. Night, night. Well, we'll leave it there, and if for some reason you're just you're still not feeling anything, just take another nibble during yeah. the show. Well, I also, I have a big bag of mango in my bag, <laughs> because someone, someone yeah. DM'd me, they said it'll it'll emphasize the feeling. Really? So I have oh, her. Yeah. I, I read that yesterday, mango. too, for the very first time. Uh, yeah, I don't know about hers, but with mine, you, oh. won't, you won't need mango. Okay. <laughs> Mo's over here taking notes. <laughs> mango, huh? You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking for a mango sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's see how you're doing. The entertainment buzz coming up. According to her, it's going to take an hour. For me, it doesn't really take that long sometimes. I'll, I'll put it in like 15 minutes later. I'm like, okay, it's fun. Okay. Okay, fun time. The Birch Show. All right, let's talk in the moment here for just one second with Mo and Katie. In the moment is Mo's podcast, and there's somewhat of a cultural divide in his DMs over um, it being possible to get sick from being out in the cold. I was very surprised by how many DMs that I got about this topic and how many people are so split on both ends of this topic after I got sick last week. And I was even more shocked to find that Katie and I sit on opposite ends of this. So I was like, all right, we need to get down to the bottom of what's real about this science that's involved here. Because apparently when I got sick last week, pretty much every black person that it seems in my DMs is completely convinced that it was because I was out in the cold when we did the trivia challenge and you had to take items of clothing off in the 12-degree weather. But if that's the case, why didn't Burke get sick? Yeah, I was way more naked than you. (laughs) (laughs) Emphasis on black people. Ah, okay, so you think... That's where the divide comes. Gotcha. (laughs) So you think this is a (laughs) mental divide or do you think physically the two races, there is something different that... It got you a cold and not me. So personally, I honestly don't know. I never even thought twice about it. I like, I believe most, I don't know if this was a white or a black thing growing up, but I I know most black people were raised to believe that if you don't wear proper amount of clothing in cold weather, or if your hair is wet 
and you go outside, mm-hmm. or if you're not, um, if you're kind of not 100%, your immune system is a little down, then going out into the cold without the suitable amount of clothing, you will get sick. I've always been told that, so we, I've always believed it. We, we were told that as kids, too. Mm-hmm. So okay. I think it's a, it might be a Southern thing as well, but it's like, zip up your coat or you're going to get a cold. Can't go outside with a wet head mm-hmm. or you're going to get a cold. Put a coat on or you're going to get a cold. It, it, that was very much ingrained in us as I well. I was told the same thing, except I was raised by black parents. What? Just kidding. <laughs> I didn't know where to go with that. We, Everybody's like, what? Well, how, do we respond? How, how did I work with you for so long and not know that? <laughs> if you kept that in for Mo for five years, that's really jacked up, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's something I meant to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you could have helped me with a lot. <laughs> but um, so when, when I came in and you guys said that you cannot get sick from cold weather, you can only get sick from germs. So if you got sick... If I got sick and it just happened to be after we did the trivia, it must have been a coincidence and I was already coming down with something and that's probably what ended up happening to me. Which makes sense because there was two other people who went down. So there was some kind of germ spread in because Jackson was out sick, Amber was out sick, and with you going out sick, it just seemed like something spread and a, a germ got shared. So your assumption here is that his immune system was already down because his body was fighting something that he didn't even necessarily know yet. Right. But when he was out in the cold, his body was stressed. So what you already had starting kind of bloomed. Yeah. Okay. I think some of the confusion comes in too. While being cold itself won't get you sick, being cold weakens your immune system. So it has an effect, like you said, Bert, stress on your body and it, it jacks with your immune system. So yeah, Kristen said, you already had a little bug you were fighting off. Then you went in the cold and your immune system was like, bye-bye and mm-hmm. shut down. That allowed whatever bug you had to really ramp up. So that, that all made sense to me. And I was like, okay, maybe it played a part. It didn't necessarily mm-hmm. cause it. Cool. And I said this on my Instagram story. And then my DMs were instantly flooded. <laughs> and it was like a split of a lot of people saying, that's true. I've read that. I've heard that. But there was a lot of people who were like, Mo, don't buy into that. And then I'm like, wait, what? And then I started to realize a pattern with these people. And it was all black people. <laughs> it was all black people who were saying, why, if it's different for black people with how we react to the sun because of our history of a people and how we react to that, why wouldn't it be different for how we react to cold weather? One woman said she was a doctor. I didn't do my research. I don't know. I have no idea. But she claims that black people react differently to cold weather than white people do. And then there were a lot of people who were bringing up the fact that, like, um, they have white friends who wear shorts in the winter, which I do, too. Like, all my white friends wear shorts in the winter. Never get cold. In fact, I don't think they've ever been cold in life. I mean, sick in life. (laughs) I couldn't do that. The one time, the few times in life that I've ever found myself in cold weather with few, with not the right amount of clothes on, I have gotten sick. It it could be because I was already sick before. And maybe it is some kind of coincidence that it just always seems to happen right after I was out in the cold weather. But if I am the science project and I'm in the field, (laughs) I am, as the white person, I'm the placebo. (laughs) Bert and I did this one time. Yeah. He did not get sick and had less clothes on than me by far, but I was sick. That's one for one for me. I, I, I feel I feel like that's a 100% ratio to maybe we react differently to cold weather. Well, yes no. and no, because as you guys know, and you guys have made fun of me, like I just load my system every morning with so many multivitamins and so many supplements that it's different because my immune system probably wasn't where yours was. It's possible. It's right. possible. But so what is it? You said you and Katie on the are on opposite ends uh-huh. of the spectrum. Where are you at on this, Katie? I am against these black lies, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> there's two common black lies in a black household growing up. Are you saying black lies matter? <laughs> no, I'm saying get them no, out of here. No lies matter. <laughs> no lies. No, no lies. lies. And one of them is that. Like, I was raised that, baby, don't go outside without your day, your hat and all this stuff. You're going to get cold. <laughs> and for the longest, I believed this because why would my grandmother lie to me? She would never. It wasn't until 10th grade when Mr. Nice, my science teacher, broke down why you actually get cold, colds in the winter more often. And it's because of your immune system. You it's go. simple. It's you, not you the weather. You believe Mr. Nice over yeah. your grandmother? Yeah, I believe Mr. Oh, nice over really? my grandmother, okay? We got to okay. stop telling our kids these lies. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm one for one as of right now. I'm not trying it again. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask, when's the next science project? I think, I think one was enough. <laughs> no, yeah. You were down. Oh, where, where can people find it in the moment? You can get it wherever you get your podcast. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's Entertainment Buzz.
She was drunk and she needed to go home. Country singer Elle King has really caused a lot of commotion with her latest performance at the Grand Old Opry. So she was doing a birthday tribute for Dolly Parton on Friday and she came out on stage. She declared herself to be bleeping, hammered, and completely flubbed her way through a cover of Dolly Parton's Marry Me. So Variety Magazine is reporting that she even engaged with some of the people in the audience. She's like, you ain't getting your money back. And hi, my name is Elle King, and I'm bleeping hammered. And worse, this is what she sounded like during her performance. So she's just like slurring her way through this entire performance. Even at one point, she's like, I don't know the lyrics and then asked people to sing it for her. It was, as an artist, one of the most embarrassing performances I've ever seen. So um, the L King, who, who is incredibly talented, I think is Rob Schneider's daughter as well. Um, this was a tribute to Dolly. So she wasn't the only performer. She was just doing like one song and there was other people there doing other stuff. Because I read that this was dubbed a family-friendly event which is why people are so upset. I mean, when you go to Dolly, like there's no alcohol sold at Dollywood. Mm -hmm. Like Dolly's not going to be on stage dropping F-bombs and stuff. So like if you're going to do a tribute to an artist, you need to do it as the the art, as an actual tribute to what the artist would want. This might be one of those days where she wakes up in the morning. She's like, okay, so let's consider this rock bottom. Time to get some help. Yeah. You know? A lot, a lot of people were saying that online. Yeah. I mean, this is not the first time that she's had a performance like this. I've always wondered. I see this a lot. Um, why do people, like, honor other artists if you don't know the words to the song? I, I think she might have until the booze kicked in. Oh, so <laughs> maybe she forgot them. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was really hammered. It was really, really clear. Or okay. she got this gig, and she should have learned the song and worked on the song, but she was busy doing other things instead of that. And that this is a major speculation <sighs> assumption, but maybe drinking got in the way of getting, you know, getting prepared for the gig. Got I it. mean, it's a really high honor to be asked to do that. I mean, it's Dolly Parton we're it's talking about It's the Grand Old Opera. Right, and the Grand Old Was it there, or was it at Ryman? I think it was Ryman. No, it was at the Grand Old Opry. Because, sure? Yeah, because people were yeah. coming out and um, they were adding the Grand Ole Opry. They said El King ruined the night with her horrible, drunk, profane performance. Dolly Parton would have been mortified for our first time at the Opry. It was a shame. We all had to witness that. And then they started replying to all those comments saying we deeply regret and apologize for the language that was used during last night's second Opry Jeez, performance. Dang, man. Uh, and so a lot of people are wondering if she's going to get banned because it's not uncommon for someone to do something like this like Hank Williams Sr. He got too drunk and didn't show up for a performance. Has been banned from the Grand Ole Opry for life. So people are wondering how the Grand Ole Opry is going to take her down next. So, yikes. All right, the Razzie nominations are out, and Jennifer Lopez and Chris Evans are up for Worst Actors. Um, the most nominated film for the Razzies, which if you don't know, it's sort of like a like the the worst films and actors that have come out in the last year. So it's not really an award that you want to win. The most nominated film is for Expendables, the fourth entry, and an action-packed but critically underwhelming Expendables franchise. It had it seven right. nominations. It was it, bad. It was what was so bad about it? Because I've actually I've never heard of that film. It just, it didn't really... Uh the first three were way better, and I feel like with the fourth one, they didn't stay with the storyline. It didn't really make a lot of sense. It kind of was just them finding a way to make a fourth one and just have a lot of action. And it was a ton of action, but nothing else was really to look forward to. Second place with five nominations, it was The Exorcist Believer, another film that I didn't see because I was next door singing to Taylor Swift, which <laughs> two two movies where you're screaming, but for very <laughs> different reasons. Um, and then Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, <laughs> I'm learning about so many movies that I didn't even yeah. know were out. I got a real pet peeve with this when they make like <clears throat> children's books into like horror movies or horror books. I absolutely hate They did it with Santa Claus, right? They did it with Winnie the Pooh. I hate this format so much. But it's like for the, the niche Disney adults that also love horror films. So they're getting the best of both worlds. So there's just a market for everything. Um, there are also two big superhero movies, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
Quantum Mania. They both got four nominations. So we'll see who is going to be dubbed the worst of all the movies from the last year. I give mad props to the people who show up and accept their award in person. And that was Halle Berry and Sandra Mm -hmm. Sandra Bullock. Is that right? They both won Razzies and they both came to the ceremony. Not the same year, different years, but Mm -hmm. showed up and actually accepted their worst (laughs) award on stage. Yeah, well, at that point, Halle Berry was looking for any award at all. Oh, she didn't care. Never. Yeah, that's foul. <laughs> not, not wrong, though. <laughs> All right, he's about to put out an album using unreleased lyrics from Tupac. I'll tell you what, Comedian is taking on rap next on your next Evas on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Are you just hating having to go into work this morning? You hate your job, right? And you hated the one before that also. Why is that? Uh, I can tell you this. Maybe this will give you a little comfort. I can't believe this is the statistic if it's accurate. A poll in 2022, it was a worldwide poll that asked people how happy they were or unhappy they were in their jobs. 85% said that they were unhappy at their jobs. 85%. That's so sad. That's awful. I believe that. Really? Yeah, I think the majority of people just work to work. They don't necessarily work because they feel like they're doing what they love. Man, if you just do the math on this, I've always felt this way that at the very least, you're going to be working eight hours a day, right? So if that eight hours sucks, right, the eight hours that you're not at work are probably you're not going to be nearly as happy with. And your sleep is going to suck also. Any one of those three things that's jacked up ruins the other one third. All right, so what I'm hoping here. You said 85% of people don't love what they do, correct? Unhappy at their job. Unhappy. Oh, I'm trying to find that. How about a light? Can I get a light? Can I get like an indifferent? Like you're like, meh, but yeah. yeah. Unhappy. Now, this is the first time that Jackson says he has not been unhappy with a job. Yes, I used to be part of that statistic. Um, For since I graduated college in the several jobs that I've held since then, um, I just couldn't really find my place. I couldn't find my footing. Um, I pursued two very different, three very different things prior to this job that I'm working now at the show. Um, I started out in finance, working at an investment bank. Um, that was chasing the prestige and the money and, and doing all that. Um, those things fade really quick when you're working 80 to 100 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you stop kind of thinking about the paycheck after about two weeks. Um, and then afterwards, I swapped over to a completely different role where I worked in tech. I worked for Yelp for another year and a half. And um, thought that that was going to be a great fit. Within a few months there, I was like, this is not it either. <laughs> and um, weirdly enough, after that, moved on to making sushi and teaching in-home sushi classes for a little while, which was like a totally different thing out of left field. And all of that randomly, weirdly, coincidentally um, kind of... F- attracted this job that I have now and for the first I can say with confidence for the first time in my life this is the first time I've actually liked my job so let me ask you this question is the difference because you're clearly not getting paid a lot of money here don't remind me. was the intent of the other jobs just to get by was there was your heart in it was it something you wanted to do or were you just trying to pay bills I think I convinced myself that I wanted to do those things, especially when I was in college and I was like doing internships. People were always like praising me like, oh, you got this killer internship at this, you know, big bank. Like, that's incredible. And like I was, for lack of a better term, drinking the Kool-Aid then and just being like, yeah, this is amazing. This is great. Um, And then when I started to do a little bit of internalization and thinking about how I was actually doing and the way that I thought about the jobs, they just weren't it for me. So this is something to chew on, and this just came out this morning, so it's a great coincidence that you're talking about this. Brand new survey asking Americans if they would prefer a job they love or a high-paying job. And 66%, about two-thirds, said they'd pass on the extra money to have a job that they enjoyed. I completely believe that. And I I feel like I'm just a walking case study for this. Like I've taken a job that pays uh, significantly less than my other jobs. And at the same time, I feel a lot happier in my personal life. I I do believe like your, your happiness and like stress levels and all that stuff. Money can't fix that. 
Like, mm. only your surroundings mm. can. I don't know. Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it helps. It's a nice Band-Aid. Uh, people with money have problems, too. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Most, some of the most miserable people I know yeah. are living in 20,000 square foot homes, man. That's true. I, I had uh, my aunt when I was younger. I, I couldn't understand it, but I remember she was a lawyer, like a high-powered lawyer. She made a lot of money, and she walked away and took, like, almost half of what she was making to be a teacher and she has never regretted it. She's always felt like it was the best decision she ever made. There is something something I will say about getting a, a paycheck compared to a job that's something that, that makes you really happy. Like, my dad worked in baseball for about 10 years, and he decided to make the switch to a boring job in order to be able to uh, afford the family, and he's never once looked back on that either. So I think sometimes, like, you also have to find the balance of, like, what what's going to get you by in life, but also what doesn't kill your soul. Yeah, and um, I'm traveled enough to know that a lot of this is exclusively American also, man. I mean, the uh, amount of... Um the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves in this country just to work, and then we try to have fun and live our lives as a second priority, where at least places I've traveled, it's the other way around. I've seen some broke-ass people around the world. They're as happy as I've ever seen kicking a can instead of a soccer ball. That's all they have. Um, and they're some of the happiest people I've ever seen in my life. No, I totally get that. And I remember seeing this clip from some podcast on Instagram or TikTok or wherever, and it was basically saying that in specific circumstances and situations, you're actually better off if things were worse than if things continued the way they were. And so what I mean by that is take my last job at Yelp, for example. Um, when I was there, I was unhappy, but it was still paying well, and I was just doing well enough to where I was like, I could probably keep doing this for a little while. And then I got fired and then it led to this. Mm -hmm. And so it actually was better that that happened for me and it provided for this opportunity afterwards. So lesson learned is trust the process on the whole thing. Exactly. Okay. Just trust your process. Cool. The Burt Show. All right, we've got a bit of a mystery on our hands and one Burt Show listener needs some help and it has everything to do with a girl's phone number in his driveway and they are totally freaked out to pursue it themselves. <laughs> Abby's got the email. Hi, Bert Show. I found this paper with a girl's name and number on it in my driveway. I'm happily married. My parents, also happily married, had just been at my house. So it's possible that it fell out of their car and belongs to my dad. The number was written on some kind of restaurant check, but I don't know of anywhere that still uses checks like this. Anyway, I've been debating what to do, and I just thought that y'all might have some good ideas. Can you help me find out who she is or who she was giving her number to? I don't want to know, but I do. Thanks. What's the real risk here? Of calling the number? Well, what's he so afraid of or she so afraid of? I don't know. And why do we have to assume it's the dad? Maybe it's mom. Mm. Yeah, could be. I guess the, the fear is that there's some form of infidelity going on, right? Well, and as he says, I'm happily married and so is, are my parents. Oh, are they? <laughs> How happy. We're Maybe mom out. found a sewing buddy. You know what I mean? Like you just, you don't know. I, that number and that person could literally be anybody. Okay, Kristen, that is freaky that you said that. Why? Because I've taken this number and I've looked up this person. I know who she is. I have a first and last name. I have what I believe to be her maiden name, uh -huh. her age, and one of her big interests is sewing. Shut up. Swear You're lying. God. She's crazy. I am not kidding. And that's nowhere I don't. Know, I don't know if it's way. a business or just like a Pinterest thing, but she is definitely into sewing. <laughs> so her so name, weird she said that. Her name is on the check for um, the bill. So first and last name, and that's how you could look all yeah, that and up. It's, and it's not even a bill. It's like one yeah. of those places, like if you go to a diner or a mom and pop place, and they have those uh, green check things that they write the hand write the stuff on, and then they lay it on your table at the end of the meal. That's the kind of thing it is. And it's just her name and her number. So what did you find? I mean, are we revealing what you found out about it now? No. What are we doing? No. We're discussing should I call her or not. At this point, I have not reached out. I've just done background work, and I do have information. I mean, I've got stuff on social media. Uh, she's on Instagram, Twitter. Well, I think absolutely you call. Yeah, for sure. What and, do we have to lose? <laughs> and she's like in her, can I say how old she is? Yeah. She's in her early 50s. Yeah, well, she sews. 
I've been trying to get some jeans fixed for a long time. <laughs> so are you going to do this later on? What's the game plan here? You tell me. What do you guys want me to do? Well, I want you to call. I say call her. And figure out who, who, who she is and why either he or his, his dad or his mom ended up with this lady's number. Do you want to call off the air right now while we listen to your side of the conversation? Sure. I mean, it's kind of early. Oh. Well, I mean, I just she's 50 and so, and she's up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she could be. She's up selling. <laughs> hey, is this the sewing lady? <laughs> All right, hang on, I'm dialing. Okay. Do you have his Do you have his dad's name? So can you be like, do you remember blank? No, I'm going to just say, uh, can I say where I'm from and who I am? Uh, yeah, I think you have to. Okay. I think legally. And, well, yeah, I mean, here if we're we not go. We're all way side. too soft to go to jail. <laughs> here we go. I'm not expecting an answer. Yeah, anytime I see a random number on my phone. I, I never I get that all the time because I still have my California number. Unidentified equals people, unimportant. People always think I'm a telemarketer. So I answer if it's before a certain hour or after a certain hour. So really? I can chew them out and say, why are you calling me at this hour? I, I can't think of the last time I picked up my phone uh, uh, for somebody. That my call has been forwarded to voicemail. Leave a message. Yeah, so let's just go ahead and try it I'm after the show, and maybe we can uh, have some answers for him uh, after the show. That sounds... Wait, 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 wait. Hey, is this Tessa? Tessa, hey, my name is Tommy Owen. I am the show director for The Bird Show. We're a radio morning show, and um, we've got kind of a dilemma. A listener reached out to us, and she found a piece of paper. It's a guest check in a driveway. Do you happen to work at, like, a restaurant or something? She hung up. Well, that's not shocking. <laughs> <laughs> you get a call right before sending the phone for some rando asking you who you are. <laughs> that's the least shocking thing that's going to happen on the first show today. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to Adam Eve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount. Code Abby. The Bird Show. If you're heading to school right now, fear. Fear should be overtaking you right now. If this new rule by a North Carolina middle school starts to take off around the country, you're going to school right now. You are going to be making way less trips to the bathroom during the afternoon because this North Carolina school has removed the mirrors from the bathroom for one reason only. Not as many visits to the bathroom, uh, not staying as long, and students are held accountable. And when there's accountability, uh, you see a, a great difference. We're trying to educate students. Like, we all have cell phones now. We have to learn to use them. We have to learn when to put them down. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Kids are spending so much time in the bathroom now, recording themselves in the mirror on TikTok that this North Carolina school is like, no more. No more mirrors. So there are no mirrors in any of the bathrooms. Well, I mean, you don't need them if you have your phone. You just use a reverse camera. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, true. Why not just <laughs> wow. ban phones? Or like, because we weren't allowed to have our phones out. Like when I was in high school, if you were spotted with it, boom, instant suspension. So there's a student listening right now going, okay, so they're taking our mirrors away and you just suggested taking our phones away. Who are you, Abby? <laughs> <laughs> really the worst. <laughs> the worst. All right, Danielle here wants some help because she thinks her boyfriend might be cheating on her with a coworker. So she wants our help to try to get to the truth here with a To Catch a Cheater, War of the Roses. Hey, Danielle. Hi, how are you? Good. All right. Give us the deets. Why are we here? What a stressful time. 
Okay, um, so like you said, I think my boyfriend's cheating on me, but it's with this woman that he worked with at his old job. Um, so she had been in a relationship um, when they used to work together, but I, I don't know. Okay, so I'm sorry if I sound a little nervous. I'm just, like, so upset about this, but um, I feel really insecure about, like, this relationship because, like, this girl, she just seems, like, perfect. You know, she's, like, very attractive. She always gets attention, you know, she's very social. It's like just everyone seems to be just be drawn to her. And um so like several years ago when he um left, she actually I felt a little bit better because she actually left the company and um they didn't work together and I was like a little bit relieved about this. But then in October she came back and now she's working at his new company. And ever since then, her name comes up in conversations like all the time, like all the time. And then it's like I hear him on the phone and there's always seems to be like, you know, mentions of her. And then last Saturday night, he told me that he was going out to celebrate like a coworker's birthday. And I find out that it's actually her birthday. And I don't know why he didn't just say, oh, it's her, her name. Because it's like, he says her name all the time. And then I go on social media and Instagram, and I find out that all the other coworkers had their wives and significant others and partners with them, Mm. and he never invited me. So, Uh anyways, but this is like, this is the thing that's really getting me. We have been talking a lot about getting engaged lately, and I really thought... I really thought that it was going to happen over the holidays, and it never happened. It never happened, and I was pretty convinced that um, he was going to propose, and it just seems like he talks less and less about marriage and engagement, and everything's slowing down, and then it's completely stopped after he started seeing her and talking to her. Mm. So, I mean, am I just being paranoid, or is like, I don't know. I just want to find out if something's going on. I and I get because of every, especially after the birthday party and other significant others were there, but he didn't invite you. Have you yeah. calmly voiced any of these concerns to him? Have you had a conversation to you know with him about her and how you are feeling kind of insecure and that this is and that you saw like you went to this party and people had their significant. I saw the photos. People had their significant others. Like why why didn't you invite me to go? Well. I, okay, I feel like I'm, this is why I'm so nervous, because I haven't really said anything. I just think it's weird. I have said, wow, you say her name a lot. And um, I said, oh, when I saw the Instagram thing, I was like, oh, you know, aren't they a couple? They're together. But I didn't make it an issue. Mm -hmm. So I did say something, but I didn't really make it a big issue. So it just seemed like he just kind of agreed and then did something else. You know, well, there's certainly enough here, don't you think, Abby? That at least there's a possibility of infidelity going on. I think I think you've got yeah. to mark these as what they are, and they're just red flags. You know, it's not like he was spotted yeah. kissing her, or there's any kind of like mm, sensual texts going on. I think you've got to mark these as just okay. I'm noticing a pattern here. It could be because I'm paranoid. It could be because something is going on. So, I mean, I think if we want to stir the pot a little bit, we go for it. But it does seem like mm-hmm. it, it's nothing to be that concerned about. It, it would it I, would be. I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't want to seem so paranoid in front of him and then he just call everything off. So I just, I don't know. I'm trying to act cool, but then I'm going crazy inside my head. So I don't know. It, it would be the party for me. The, the rest of it, I kind of feel like could have came from a place of paranoia. But as far as him going to the party and you seeing all of the coworkers and mm-hmm. you weren't invited, I don't even think it would have been about her yeah. at that point. It just would have been why wasn't I invited to this party? Yes. So that that's more than enough reason to have a talk with him. So let's just go ahead and default to worst case scenario. <laughs> and we will test him tonight with a War of the Roses to catch a cheater. And let's see at least if we got the first step in this thing and make sure that he sends these to you and not somebody else. And then we can go into complete panic mode. How's that? Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank we'll talk you. to you tomorrow, same time. All right? All right. Thank you guys so much. All right. Bye-bye. The Bird Show.
So we had a question on the show a while back, like how many times do you go out with somebody? If the chemistry's not there on the first night, do you give it a second try? If it's not there on a second night, and because you guys might have been drinking during these dates, do you give it a third try, sober? How many times do you try it? That was Katie's question to us, and I thought we all advised you very, very well. Yes, um, you all did. I'll give you all props for advising me well because I just didn't know about this woman. Only been on two dates with her and there was nothing wrong with her that I could just say. I just couldn't really figure out our vibe. Mm-hmm. Couldn't figure it out. But there was also alcohol involved, so who yeah. knows? Yeah. And Which, that's what- actually thinking about it now, when alcohol is involved, the chemistry is usually better. It makes it easier. Right, if you can't get along drunk, you're never going to get along sober. <laughs> There's a reason why they call it liquid courage. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it, it does make it easier, but w- is it the same easiness, ease, if I'm not drinking? That's what I really was wanting to know. But you all said, no, Katie, don't do it. Just don't. I didn't say that. They did, by the way. Okay, yeah, that's true. I said go, go on a sober date. Okay, so majority... Was like, don't do it. Yeah, Abby was like, don't do it. I, I said, was don't, like, do, don't it. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, don't do it. Yeah, these are the ones you, I mean, Abby and Mo, well, mostly Abby is the one that's out there. So if you, any credibility in this area, it's going to be Abby. Yeah, I have the PhD in knowing what's up on the next date. So I think after after the second date, if you're not feeling it, it's not a good sign. And Mo and I, who are in happy relationships right now, we both said... <laughs> Rub it in a little more. Sorry. <laughs> Just take notes. That's all I'm saying. I got a big old bag of salt. <laughs> we said like on our like our first dates with our significant others, like we... we, like we we were excited, like we knew, like this was a person I, I wanted to see again and again and again. It was instant and it wasn't forced. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, when I presented this story, I did not think that majority would say don't do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little bit of an ask hole because <laughs> I already had a date planned. <laughs> <laughs> you could have canceled it. You could have canceled I, I- it. She I has no have. intentions now of not going on that date. That. She's like, dang, I need content this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, at the beginning of the week, I decided if if I'm going to try this again, mm-hmm. why not make it a good date? Not just let's go get some food or just go to a bar. Let's go to a museum during jazz night. Oh, that's a good date. Right? Yeah. <sighs> what? There's two things that would be completely Boring as hell to me. Okay, well, you're not on the date. I'm, I'm with you. Jazz and a museum. You're going to need a lot of alcohol. <laughs> I know the museum you're talking about that does these jazz nights, and it's very cool, and it's very yeah. neat. Does it have the word exactly. museum in it? Yes. Then it's not fun. Yes, it is. <laughs> you're surrounded by dinosaur bones listening on, to jazz. On a second Please. date? Nah. Unless it has what? the word Ripley's in front of it. It's- <laughs> It's not going to be fun at all. (laughs) Did you go to Ripley's? No. Okay. Okay, No. But I had this vision in my head, you know. I was going to go by her place, pick her up. We're going to be dressed nice. Mm -hmm. We're going to get to this museum. Mm -hmm. She's going to be looking at a piece of art. I'm going to come up behind her and say, what are your thoughts on this piece of art? You know, this is how I'm just envisioning. (laughs) You know, the most beautiful piece of art in this museum is you. (laughs) You know. (laughs) But the glass is Sauvignon Blanc. You know, like, this is what I'm envisioning. And so I asked, is this Katie or is this who Katie wants to be? <laughs> I'm sure hey. both. Okay. <laughs> it ain't Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met this Katie. Yeah, I don't know her either. <laughs> She's a stranger. Look, I have a little romantic side. Okay. okay. Anywho, so <laughs> I asked her if she wants to go on this date at the beginning of the week when I got the tickets. And she's like, of course, I would love to do this. I'm like, perfect. You guys are like, don't do it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> too late. So <laughs> I got the tickets. The day before we're supposed to go out on this date, she calls me. Not unusual. We're having a good conversation. She's like, oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait for this tomorrow. It's going to be so much fun. I'm like, yeah, what time do I need to pick you up? We're going over all the details. And she says, you know what, Katie, though? I have to tell you something. And I've been trying to figure out how to tell you this. And so I'm like, all right, cool. What? What's up? She's like, you remember my best friend that you met, like when we first met a long time ago at this bar? I was like, yeah, um, she's my girlfriend. Oh, like no. Like her friend? We've been dating for months. No. Huh? Well, what? Now, here's the thing. This date that I was supposed to go on with her was going to be our third date. Mm-hmm. Our last date was a month ago. Okay. Where she publicly made out with me. 
Oh, oh. And you've had a girlfriend this whole time? <sighs> okay, I've got a lot of questions here. So is wow. this normal now to spread out the dates so far? Like, for me, if you're going to go out on a date, it's going to be every couple of weeks. But this is your third date in a couple of months. Mm. It's just because our schedules are busy and she travels a lot for her job. Okay. So it was kind of hard to find a time where we could try this again. Okay. So it's, it's one thing if she's like, because you all have had a lot of time in between dates. If she's dating other people, you're dating other people. But she, this is not like she's dating. She has a girlfriend. In a committed relationship. I'm assuming her girlfriend don't know about you. Um, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> not that I'm aware of at all. Wow. So uh, that would be my first question. Does your girlfriend know you're going on dates with other women? Yeah. I went blank. Like this, she tells me this. I'm like, are you got to be kidding me? Right. I knew I should have did it. Like, I'm just going through my head like, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like I screwed this up. And she's still talking, and I'm just tuned it all out. And I was like, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and I <laughs> So did you even say, like, why Why are we doing this then? No, I didn't I didn't even want more answers. I said, what's your email? She gave me her email. I said, go take your girlfriend. Send her the tickets. <gasps> yeah. Bingo. And Jazz is just playing in the back of this conversation. <laughs> It all, it all, the, the, the story turned bad when it was a museum. You know? <laughs> Don't do music. Last time I was at a museum, I think I was like, so is this supposed to be Mariah Carey or J-Lo? <laughs> this wax figure. Oh, yeah. That's a struggle at those wax museums. I'm sorry. That sucks, man. Yeah, that sorry, really baby. sucks. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. I think if Tupac could call in, he'd ask everyone to leave him alone. He's like, <laughs> Jada's bringing me up. Now Cat Williams is bringing me up. <laughs> so comedian Cat Williams, he says he's working on a new Tupac album, and he's going to use some of his unreleased verses. He says it's going to have some pretty big collabs on it, like Cardi B. And perhaps one of the most shocking things about this story is that we found out about this through Suge Knight's podcast, which if you're like, I thought that guy was in prison. That's um, exactly what I was like. <laughs> he is. He just has a podcast from prison that he calls Collect Calls. So great that- acoustics in there, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> really adds to the atmosphere. That's the perfect time to start a podcast. Right? Yes, please, time. please tell me the intro is like, you have a Collect Call. Suge <laughs> <Yeah. from." Sure>, Knight. <laughs> I, I think it literally is that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I listened to it yesterday. I remember thinking, "What a creative choice!" Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, you can check out, you can check out his podcast. He's coming straight from prison. Okay, so what happened to letting people rest in peace? Like, I know you want to like maintain their memory and keep their memory alive, but this does not feel like we're letting Tupac rest in peace. No, I agree. I don't think anyone should touch Tupac's music, let alone anyone that is trying to gain uh, clout. But Cat is in a space right now where I feel like he feels like he can do anything he yeah. wants to because of uh, what these he's taking over the internet. But yeah, I wish he would leave Tupac's memory alone. I don't think you know the whole cliche. Uh, a lot of people just know it as rest in peace, but it's rest in peace unless you can make some money off the dead. Oh, oh. oh I forgot. That's that's just that. too long. That's how so it goes. They Yep. Okay. (laughs) All right, Dave Chappelle, speaking of Cat Williams, he's calling out Cat Williams for only calling out other black comedians. So he made an appearance on Shannon Sharp's podcast. And this was a video that was shared by MREC TV on Twitter slash X. Um, and Dave Chappelle is going off. He said that Kat didn't say anything about these white boys. None of these white boys function like that. Um, he said that Cat is one of the best painters in the game. So why are you drawing ugly pictures of us? Stop. Hurt people hurt people, but I'm a hurt person. They never hurt people, and he does it all the time. F- this one and f- that one and f- this one. But f- I mean, anything that you did wrong, he didn't do nothing wrong. Cat didn't do nothing wrong. So is he saying that? White comedians don't come on, come down on other white comedians. So why are we as black comedians coming down on black comedians? Somewhat. I, I mean, I think he's more personally saying it about Cat that every time you come out and speak to what other comedians are doing wrong, it's always toward black comedians. You tear down other black comedians, not other white comedians. But I, I'm normally with Dave, but I think Dave is off here because Cat clearly says in the interview that he's talking about the people who have talked about him. All Most of those mm-hmm. guys have gone on that platform, the same one before him, and spoke about him in a negative way. And Cat will tell you himself, he doesn't really concern himself with white comedians because white comedians don't bother him. That's not really his lane. He doesn't feel like that's a part of his competition. So he's going at who goes at him, and white comedians don't go at Cat.
So if Kat feels like you've wronged him, then he's well within his right to call you out. That's how he feels. Did he did he say anything about Dave? Uh, he nothing bad. No. He, he brought Dave up, and it was um, but it wasn't. I don't remember exactly what he said about Dave, but I don't remember it being anything bad. Obviously, you would have remembered if it was like the other stuff that he you know threw out there about other people. He, yeah, he attacked a lot of comedians. He brought Dave up, but he didn't attack him. And a lot of white comedians do come down on other white comedians. I remember Dane Cook getting a whole bunch of crap years ago for stealing jokes and stuff like that from white comedians. So they do it too. It's universal. All right, Jennifer Hudson heard her new boyfriend are so cute. So he came on her talk show recently and just like the sexual tension between them was spicy. And so I have to ask you this question. Are you dating anyone? Yes. I'm in a relationship that is with one of the most beautiful people I ever met in life. She's smart. She's talented. Wait, what about you, though? How, how is your love life? I'm dating this one and I am very happy. Mm. They're so cute. Oh, they're so adorable <laughs> being so coy. Dude, I am like obsessed with Common. Oh. He is, oh, he's, he's like, he's up there on my list. Yeah, if you Ooh. like that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, tall and dark and bald with that deep voice. If you like that. And he's also an incredible actor. Well, there's a lot of women obsessed with him. That's why he has a new one every six months. <laughs> <laughs> That's, this is every six months with this guy. I'm like, I mean. <laughs> you know, he and Tiffany, I, I was actually, he, I thought he and Tiffany were an odd pairing. Um, but he and Tiffany Haddish lasted for like a like six a week. Months? Six months? <laughs> <laughs> just, just give it six months. That's all I'm saying. This could be his last relationship because when he was asked to describe his dream girl, this is what he said. I set my standard kind of high because she had to have an EGOT. She, uh-huh. she, she had to win an Oscar on her first movie. I set my standard high. She had to get her own talk show. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> They're so cute together. Six months. Okay. <laughs> All right, mark it down. This day, this time. Mo says six months. Yep. All right. Sophia Vergara, she's opening up about why she and Joe Manganiello divorced. It's on your next eBuzz on the Bird Show. The Bird Show. So it's a different kind of attention than Abby thought she would be getting post nose job. Yeah, I just thought men were going to be chasing me down the streets when they saw me out. They'd be like, oh my God, her nose looks so good. <laughs> and then offer to be my boyfriend. So on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being when you look in a mirror, you see a completely different person and one being like, okay, I can kind of see it. Where are you at when you look in the mirror? I notice it every time. Every so time. I had a nose that like kind of hooked to the right. I mean, the average person wouldn't notice it, but when you stare at yourself all the time, it's something you notice. And my nose is just a lot more symmetrical now. So when I see myself, admittedly, I kind of go, that girl's an alien. And then I stare. I'm like, oh, no, that's just how a normal face looks like. I but guess when you're looking at yourself every day, because it is, it, it's subtle. It's if subtle. one more person yeah. says subtle one more time, I'm going back to my surgeon and being like, <laughs> no well, one's noticing. I think that was the word you used. Yeah, I know. Subtle is fine. It's But, you know, the more people use it, the more it sounds like an insult. <laughs> so, I feel like from straight on, like you said, it's uh, less noticeable, but from the profile, you can definitely tell. Yeah, yeah, he scooped that thing. So anyway, <laughs> so obviously I got a nose job because, I mean, it, it was for me. It was definitely not for other people. But, I mean, admittedly, when you get something done to your appearance, you want it to have some kind of positive trickle-down effect into other areas. You know, you want to get, like, the best seat at a restaurant <laughs> or to not get yelled at by any kind of customer service employee that you have to converse with. You think and cops it, are going to let you get away with like driving 95 now because of the new nose? I don't I don't know that. The rules don't apply anymore. The rules don't apply anymore. I just cry and I have this nose and they're like, oh my God, what do I do? So the, I, I haven't really gotten like an astronomical change in like the amount of attention from like dudes. I went out in Tampa this weekend and I strutted in feeling real good. Fresh blowout, makeup <laughs> done from the bridal shower and I'm looking around and I'm like, who's coming up first? Who's who's going to be the first to flirt with me in my new face? Line up, boys! They were too busy taking tequila shots and being boys to even notice the fact that I got a whole new face, but whatever. So I, I, I haven't really been getting hit on by like dudes on the street or stopped in grocery stores, but I have gotten a different kind of attention pretty recently that I thought was it's not something I realized would impact me in such a positive way. Like the fact that this has changed is gone. Okay. I really did do a good investment with, uh, with getting my nose done. So I, I, every, I feel like every person has like that group of celebs 
that people tell them that they look like. Like, oh, you look like this celeb. You uh, look like this celeb. And it's the one, rarely flattering. And it's never flattering. <laughs> it's never as flattering as you want it to be. Never. And the one that I always get compared to is Janet from The Good Place. And um, I don't say that. Oh, you don't? Well, maybe she's brunette. But honestly, even when I looked at Janet, I was like, oh, God, I do look like her. (laughs) (laughs) And not that there's anything wrong with Janet. She's a beautiful lady. No, she is. Yeah. Um, I get Marion Brooke from the from uh, the Gilded Age. She's uh, Meryl Streep's daughter. And she's a cute girl, too. Like, I'm I'm not offended by it. And then when I got my nose job done the other day, someone told me I look like a celeb. And for the first time, it was clearly meant to be a compliment. So um, I'm hanging out with a group of friends and and someone looks at me and they're like, Happy, like you look, you look exactly like the sister from 16 Candles, Molly Ringwald's sister in that movie. You know, the really beautiful one with blonde hair, real cute. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Have I upgraded to attractive celeb status in terms of like getting compared to celebs? Because I looked it up and I was like, you know what? I can see it with the new nose. She's so gorge. This is Blanche Baker you're yes. talking about, yeah, yeah. who is now 64 years old. Well, as but a I'm assuming, young woman. Well, I'm assuming that they were drawing the analogy when she was in the movie. I was so confused when I Googled the movie. Am <laughs> <laughs> I at the right place? No, so she was the one, 16 Candles, her sister's getting married mm-hmm. and she starts her period and she takes too many like um, muscle relaxers yeah, and yeah. they like literally have to carry her down the aisle. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I can see this. Yeah. Sexy. Okay. Yeah. And the other day I got Elle Fanning who I Ooh, think yeah. is like a fairy tale princess. Um, someone while I was watching the new Anyone But You film uh, where Sydney Sweeney's in it, my friend goes, oh my God, you kind of look like Sydney Sweeney. And I was like, shut up, really? So I've kind of noticed, I'm like, I think this was an upgrade for me because I, I went from getting Janet from The Good Place <laughs> in terms of apparently who I look like to getting like, I don't know, really, really cute girlies. So I don't um, see congratulations the Jan- on your upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And I don't see the Janet from The Good Place either. I mean, you're m- much more attractive than she is. Oh, thank God. Um, but this one here, look, if it suits you, great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very, very happy. So who knows what I'll get next? And then you can start saying I look like Real Housewives. <laughs> The Bird Show. All right, in this email here, this is going to be a tough conversation to have. If you can have it or should you just run, run now. Um, because he's claiming he had a fling with his girlfriend's mom before they started dating. So how can you even bring that up to her? Hi, Bird Show. I'm in a sticky situation and need your advice. Should I tell my girlfriend that I had a previous fling with her mother? Mm-hmm. We, we did not sleep together. In fact, I'm still a virgin. The fling consisted mainly of hugging, kissing, partially clothed massages, and her riding on the back of my motorcycle. This woman introduced me to her daughter, portraying me as just an acquaintance. What really complicates this, that my now girlfriend's mother and father are still married. But the marriage is quote-unquote semi-open, according to the mother. Whether my girlfriend knows this, I'm not sure. I'm also not sure whether the father knows specifically about his wife and me. I don't want to tell my girlfriend, but this almost feels like a time bomb. Should I tell her now, wait for a better time, or just hope that she never finds out? Anybody else get thrown by the fact he's a um, virgin motorcyclist? (laughs) Like, hey, a virgin on a Vespa? Yes. A virgin on a motorcycle? (laughs) I'm like, motorcycle dudes? Nah, man, you lost your virginity a long time ago. Look, how do you end up having this conversation? I mean, once you have it, the relationship more often than not is going to be over, right? Yeah. I mean, I just think this just depends on how good of a liar you are. Like, I know for me, I can't hold something in. Like, if I know something and it's in the back of my mind and it's just this cloud over my head, I know I'm going to be acting weird. I'm going to be, I, I can't handle having a secret. So if you're the type of person that can't hide things well, um, I, I, I would probably be a little bit more upfront. But if, if you feel like you're good, more like locked down, Boom, then I'm a little tingly. (laughs) (laughs) There we have it. (laughs) There we have it. Here it is.
7.54. I can actually see it come over her face as she, as she slowed down. All right, for those of you that don't really have, know what's going on, uh, we're going to have to explain it to you in the bonus content. Uh, those of you guys that are listening to the bonus content, just take record. It took about two hours. About to two hours. full um, potency. I don't, think we're, I don't think we're fully there yet. No, but she I looks like she's having are. a great time. Right away, baby. Time to <laughs> Is it hard to open your eyes, Abby? No. <laughs> no, I just feel really paranoid and I want to go home. <laughs> I mean, why would you? You're on the radio right now with a bunch of people listening. This is going to be the longest show. Here. <laughs> I mean, it's been like 50 minutes. Have we been on the air for nine hours? Nine hours. Is it Thursday? <laughs> I noticed it in the last story how you started slowing down just a little bit, but it took to right now for yep. you to admit it. Okay. All right. So in this case right here, how do you have the conversation with her without, Uh-oh. I mean, the relationship's over. Yeah. No, if, if I'm in her position and you come and you tell me that you had a fling with my mom, yeah, we are done, done. <laughs> <laughs> There's no coming back from that man. Right. And I don't feel like you should withhold that information. I think you should just take this one on the chin that as where all the other places where you took it, <laughs> <laughs> that this is just not a real, I don't know how you come back from that. I just don't feel like this is a relationship that is destined for longevity. Oh, uh, heck no. I, I think there are times in life when you have to know when to gracefully bow out. And I think this is one of those times. I don't think you should tell her. I don't think you should bring it up. It's going to cause more drama than you can fix within their family. I think this is something you just completely walk away from. Like, how do you see a future? You know what I mean? Like, imagine bringing him home to meet your parents for the first time. And he's obviously already met your mom in many intimate ways. (laughs) Like, so I agree with Mo here. I mean, just backing away from this situation, give her some kind of closure on the whole thing. Hey, chemistry wasn't right. I'm still in a situation. Ship anything, but. If you come clean with the truth here, it's just going to create so much drama in that family. It's going to be damaging, and you can't do anything about that. And if you tell her, because you shouldn't hold the secret, like y'all have said, it's it's over. I don't see anybody recovering from that. And it's just going to create an awkward situation for you that's not worth it in the end. Abby, you want to get the last opinion? On this <laughs> I'm going to gracefully bow out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> no one to do it. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Uh, don't tell your mom or her mom. That would be really awkward. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Is that what it feels like to you right now? Yeah, it's like everything. You guys are like the, the parents in, in uh, the Charlie Brown movie. Took a little longer than I thought it would. But here we are. We got the show. Yeah. The Bird Show. So Kaylee decided, all right, it's time to mess with my kids' teachers a little bit. Okay, here we go. Well, I feel like the school is messing with me or my son. So my son comes home yesterday, and apparently in his fifth grade, uh, across the fifth grade um, school year, they have like now come out with this fifth grade expectation sheet. Now, when I, like I was that. in school, in middle school, you... Um, you essentially could get in-school suspensions and things like that if you misbehaved. Yeah. But in elementary school, I had no... Oh, it's different now, man. Well, but... but selling weed now in elementary school. (laughs) But up until this point... Carjacking cars But up until this point, there's been none of that. And so he brings home this, like, red document, and he's already got, like, a... uh, He's already lost one of his, like... Um, potential graces that they give you. And it's like, now it's like really strict. Like they're going to call your parents. You're going to have four hours of in school. You're going to have an entire day of in school. And I'm like, where did this even come from? So I decided I was going to address the teacher about my concerns, but I was going to do it as if Chat GPT wrote it from the 1850s. Oh, yeah. okay. and, and I submitted right. this at 804 last okay. night. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And wonder about your kids. All right. Here we go. Uh, dear Mrs. Teacher, I trust this missive finds you in good health and spirits. <laughs> I am writing to you as Christian Lee, father to young Master Kai. <laughs> A pupil in your fifth grade class. Today I was rather taken aback when Kai presented to me a document from the school, namely called the fifth grade expectation sheet. 
Regrettably, it appears my son has already marred his record in this regard. Oh, you're so wrong. While I am in no way an advocate of disobedience or unpreparedness and fully support the adherence to the directives and expectations set forth by your esteemed institution, (laughs) I must confess... To a certain perplexity. The concept of in-school suspension, as mentioned in this document, seems a novel approach, one not previously encountered in the first two quarters of this academic year. Furthermore, upon conferring with my acquaintances, none recall encountering such a punitive measure in their own experiences within the educational system. The very hue of this document in question strikes me as rather ominous, a sentiment I wish to convey as a mere observation rather than a critique. Naturally, my foremost desire is for Kai to excel in his studies and to observe all school regulations diligently. However, I am compelled to question the efficacy of a document that appears to focus solely on negative aspects, bereft of any recognition of positive attributes or potential achievements. In my earnest conversation with Kai, it became apparent that he possesses little to no familiarity with the notion of in-school suspension to the extent he cannot even locate such a facility within the school bounds. If the rules are to be enforced with such stringency, and I do not doubt my son's ability to navigate these final quarters without incident, I must inquire about the procedure for obtaining a 504C plan. This would afford him a bit of leniency considering his occasional impulsivity, a trait he unfortunately gets from myself. I see you skipped the word modicum. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. I was like, I didn't know what it, like, how to pronounce it. So I'm just going to skip over that. I was like, modicum. <laughs> A bit. In closing, while I am a firm believer in discipline and its role in the proper upbringing, upbringing of our youth, I fear that the current approach may be excessively punitive. My intention is not to coddle or excuse, but rather to ensure a fair and reasonable educational environment for my son. I await your esteemed reply and remain yours respectfully, Christian Lee. <laughs> wait, wait till they do the same thing and use Chat GPT to answer you from like the twelve hundred. That would be amazing. Hear you. That's what I'm going to start. Any important document, it's going to be, I'm just going to keep going back. <laughs> the Bird Show.